stuff on addictions. This is our second show, and I'm glad that you can join us tonight. I think you'll find it interesting, and I hope you uh, understand that since it's our second show, if we have any technical bumps in the road, we'll try to get them ironed out by uh, next week, if we're lucky. Uh, we have uh, uh, Chris Atwater as our engineer tonight, who's helping us try to organize what we're doing technically, and Ross M. is our guest tonight, who's going to talk to us about our topic, Addicted to Everything. Uh, Russ is also a musician, and he's gonna, we're going to close out the evening with a song that I think that you'll really enjoy. So um, what I guess I'll do is just start... Uh, and, and by the way, I hope that um, if any anybody that's listening has any questions or anything that they want to add, that they give us a call, and we'd be glad to see what we could do about answering those questions. So I'm going to start by um, just asking asking Russ to to uh, to get us going here. But I I, I just want to say one other thing, and that is that. Uh, you know, when I say addicted to addicted to everything, I guess it's a little bit tongue in cheek. But um, you know, some people think that they're uh, addicted to chocolate or addicted to, you know, the word gets thrown around pretty uh, pretty loosely. But uh, we're talking about it seriously tonight. We're talking about um, addiction in its formal sense. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna start by asking Russ. Um, where Russ, where did uh, where did the addiction start for you, and why why the multiple? Why what what, what how did it how did it become uh, how did you get addicted multiply like you did? Well, looking at addictions, um, when you ask me that now, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. When I was in the throes of being addicted. I had no clue. I mean, I thought I had all the answers to all the questions. You ask me a question, I'll give you an answer. Um, I thought my knowledge covered all bases and everything. But what actually happened was when I got into my 20s and uh, was married when I was 25, had kids in 87 and 88, when I got into those early 90s, because I was born in 59, when I was in my early 30s, the pressure and all of that was building up in me. And I'm talking hindsight from right now. Right. So the next thing I know is that I'm not happy. I'm not, I am not at peace at all. And my wife actually had, she went into um, uh, a period where we started talking about our marriage and stuff. So we got into uh, counseling. And at that point in time, we went to a therapist at our church that we were that I was going to, we were going to. And we were looking at at my whole schedule. I had something going on every day of the week. Okay. Every night, every morning, every afternoon, there was no free time. So you it was almost like you were run you were avoiding something or I was well, now I look back, yes, but then I was just busy doing a bunch of good things. Okay. And so everything was sociably acceptable. Mm -hmm. um, but my wife was saying, well, 
he's never home or we don't do this or we don't do that. And I'm saying, well, we do this and we do that. And it really didn't matter what we so were you had doing. No, you had no addiction wasn't even in the I wasn't addicted. I was street. fine. I was an all-American, good-looking, smart, funny guy. You know, you thought job. you were good looking. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's my opinion. Yeah, okay. It's all right. It's a talk show. We can do that. Well, yeah. So, yeah. but anyway, so that's what happened. So, I guess when the whole thing, when I started looking at my life in a mirror, was through the eyes of a therapist. I mean, that's when I started to get the ahas. Yeah. And it was slow and it was painful because I didn't want to change. I didn't want to let go of anything. So, that's kind of when it started. Um, and I'll tell you something. That's when you started to see some things. Okay, so now tell me what you saw. Well, that I didn't want to let go of my lifestyle. So what I did is I I did let go of my, my lifestyle, and I freed up some things. I just literally resigned from some volunteer responsibilities that I had. And at that point in time, it was, it was almost like it was a force feeding for me to spend time with my wife or spend time with my kids. In other words, I wasn't happy. I mean, I was like vibrating on the inside. So I don't know if you ever played that game when you're a kid where you, you knock one of the, the things down and another one pops up. Yeah, whack-a-mole. Whack-a-mole, yeah, yeah. whack-a-mole, that thing, that gopher or mole, whatever right. it is. I mean, but that's what it was like in hindsight. When I'm in it, I had no clue that's what I was doing. To give you an example, um, when, you know, as I became a parent, I wanted to be more mature and be more responsible. So I tried to control my drinking. I tried to control my health. You know, I tried to control what I was learning about knowledge. You know, I wanted to get my, my head around uh, spiritual issues and all this so I could be a good husband and a great father. So what I'm hearing, as I'm even telling you this, is I'm filling my life up with fear. It's almost like I'm scared to death. So the control, so like when you started to control it, because like we were talking about like before the show here, like as soon as you started to control it, that was when, that was when you had the idea that it, then it became a problem or it started to become a problem? Right. Well, yeah. Or when you had the awareness that it was a problem? Yeah, well... Exactly. I can't. And let's talk about what it. Let's define it. The its. Well, the definition of an addiction for me is when it's a problem in my life. All right. I mean, the difference between a habit that you something you do the way you put your pants on or your shirt on every day. You know, it's like a habit. Right. But an addiction is where when it causes me personal pain. Right. Not only just emotionally but physically. Okay. You know, and also other people. Right. You know, so when I become emotionally unavailable right. for people. I'm just not there. And that was the complaint that I was getting from, from my, my wife or friends where it's like I'm in the room, but I'm not there. Okay. It's like I'm listening to you, but... Okay, so yeah. right now we're talking about you're, so you're, 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 you're really you're busy, you're, you're doing a multitude of things, you're, you're, you're absent mentally and emotionally. Right. So, so what are the things? What are the, thi- so what some are the of, things? So some of the things that I was addicted to, just to give you an example, in 1990 I was playing golf. I was playing golf every day of the week. Mm. And when I look back on it now, I was playing golf every day of the week to get good. Right. Okay? But what I was really doing was staying away from people, places, and things. Okay. I could isolate on a golf course. 
Um, so that was one addiction. Okay. I was obsessed with being a perfect golfer, which I'm not going to be. Right. But so I was caught up in that trap. Yeah. At the same time, um, I go to bed late and I get up early. So I was living on caffeine like crazy. I mean, I would drink two to three pots of coffee a morning, and I I would shake so much. <laughs> so so anyway, I'm out on the 15th hole right. of the golf course, and I want to improve my golf game, right? right? And I'm sitting there shaking. So I make an instant, not too good on the putts. Right? I make I make an in, no, not too good on the putts. But I make an instant decision. You know what? I'm going to eliminate caffeine. I'm just going to not drink any more coffee. Okay. In my mind, that's what the problem was. Okay. What was that? So, you know, so now I've got this golf addiction thing going on where I'm obsessive compulsive with that, and now I've got this caffeine thing going. Right. So I just quit the caffeine. Right. It didn't help my golf game at all, by the way. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't a, wouldn't a, a, a psychologist or a psychiatrist say that you were obsessive compulsive? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. With, with I mean, the way you, that I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's what's the difference then? I mean, I don't know if I mean, I you know, I mean, we're just we're we're not psychiatrists here on this show, so we can't say for sure, but what what makes you say you're addicted and not obsessive compulsive? Or are those to to you the same thing? Well, it's al- it's almost for me the what's the difference between obsessive compulsive? Yeah. And yeah, why why didn't we just say you're 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 obsessive, you know, you got obsessed with your golf game and and uh, then you got you got uh, compulsive with your coffee drinking and then Well, I think every addict is obsessive compulsive to okay. a degree. So it's the same thing. It it's kind of we're the not, same. We're not, it's yeah. Kind of, yeah, I don't want to overanalyze it. It's just yeah. my thing is I could never turn my brain off. I could never turn my addictive side off. It's like one thing would pop up above another one. Because what would happen with me, it's like the whether it's the golf going fast and again I'm I'm working, family, husband, all, all right. this other stuff that I'm doing and at the same time you know, uh, I mean, in, at this point in time, I'm in my early 30s. I mean, I've been I was been drinking alcohol since I was 15. Okay. So this whole time, I'm trying to control and wean off of my drinking. Uh, I, okay. You know, getting yeah. drunk. You yeah, know, yeah. that type of behavior. Yeah. And some other mild drugs. <laughs> but but I mean, because you know what happens, one thing leads to another. Right. So. You know, I've got this big ball of energy that's inside of me, right. and I'm trying to be this person that my head is telling me to do, but the addictive side of me is just craving, you know, just dying. It's almost like, you know, what I've learned is that in my addictions, like trying to um, control the, you know, the caffeine or the, the golf game, right. my image, you know, how people, what people think of me, um, it's almost like I get obsessive-compulsive on all of this stuff, it's like I'm constantly living in fear. Okay. It's like I can't be me. I don't. It's almost like I don't even know who I am. That's how I used to think. Yeah. You know, now I know who I am. But but then I, it's like I didn't know. I wasn't even thinking like we're talking right now. Right. I mean, I wouldn't talk to anybody like you right now. No, because you wouldn't have known. I mean, no, it wouldn't have been. It wouldn't it, have it been defined. Be, exactly. No, no, it wouldn't exactly. have been defined. So you went. You went at some point. You went to treatment. Yeah. And that's really when the wheels, uh, when I put the wheels together, because what had happened, um, my my wife uh, actually went into a recovery group, and she started changing, and it was scaring the daylights out of me. So um, I didn't know how to right. deal with it. So what I what I actually did, 
um, I was uh, turned into like a compulsive overeater. Hmm. Um, they used to call me garbage gut when I was a kid. And I would eat enough for two, three, four people. Now, my problem was how I used it against me is I've got a fast metabolism. So people with a slow metabolism would gain a ton of weight and you would see a fat person there. Well, I was only like 15 pounds overweight, 10 pounds. So it was sociably acceptable. Right. You could get away with it. So I was, exactly. Right. So I was feeding my own addiction with an eating disorder. Right. And I was bulimic through exercise. So I call myself a recovering exercise bulimic. Okay. So I would eat more than I need. And then exercise more than I need to lose the weight and to maintain my physical outside image. I see. You and, know, and then get caught in that loop, and that's the addictive right. part. So when you say that everything, right? You know, it's not like I'm addicted to everything, but I'm definitely right. addicted to to exercise, right? To to foods, you know, because I've got this bulimia thing going on. I've got this anorexia phase going on. I'll skip meals and drink my breakfast or drink my lunch or right. drink my dinner. And we've got the alcohol, the, exactly. which is in the background but, but you, constant. You know, right. and the, the caffeine thing for me on the fast pace and, uh, um, you know, I use it a lot for work mm -hmm. to give me energy. So right. I use the caffeine like a speed. Right. You know, when I'm feeling tired, I'll just pound it, sure. you know. And, sure. And so. Sure. I yeah. had a cup of coffee tonight just yeah. before the show. I know, and I wanted some. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Actually, I love coffee. I love the smell. Yeah. Um, but you didn't have one. I didn't have one. No. I didn't have one. No, that's good. But I did have a piece of chocolate. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's going to have to exercise. Exactly, exactly. Get rid of that. Yeah. Um, okay, so... All right, so we're starting to we're starting to piece it together a little bit the picture the, the puzzle. So you're in so you so you asked me about treatment. So right. so the treatment what happened with treatment was is I quit drinking and kind of give you a time frame. I kind of quit the uh, the caffeine in 1990. Okay. Um, I quit drinking alcohol in the beginning in January of '92. Okay. Okay. So I've been sober from alcohol since then. Well, I went into treatment which is a mental institution, Rick. Right. <laughs> the doors Not, are locked from the inside right. and the outside. Okay. It wasn't, a, it <laughs> well, wasn't exactly a, no, wasn't no, a country club. Exactly. Now, now the problem was is I thought I was the smartest guy in there. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, mentally, I was having a hard time accepting that I was mentally ill. Right. You know, I mean, my the wires weren't connecting. And so I needed professional help. The therapist you know, organized religion, um, being in the Boy Scouts, you know, being a leader, having a good job and a family wasn't good enough. So my exterior looked very good on okay. the outside. Yes. Yeah. You're just yeah. coming unglued on the inside. Exactly. Yeah. And and it was it was painful. And you've talked about and I I know I'm jump I'm I'm jumping around a little bit, but you t you've we've talked about the, an addiction to religion for you. Oh jeez. Can you talk a little bit about that? You know, I can. Uh, religion is uh, a great platform uh, for somebody like me because I'm a people person. Uh, I'm an extrovert. Um, I love to socialize. So I was raised um, in the, the Southern Baptist arena. Mm -hmm. So for me, there was... Um, and, and again, Southern Baptist, I'm not saying anything bad against organized religion or, yeah. or any denomination. Yeah. But what it did for me, it was a hideout because, you know, they tell you what to believe. 
They tell you what to do, when to do, and how to do it. So I just did it. And then I was acting out in all of that because I could drink and get away with it. Right. Okay. I could eat all the food. They had potluck dinners all the time. I mean, that kind of went hand in hand with being a garbage right. gut, you know, right. kind of that whole thing. But what had happened, the older I got, um, marriage, kids, the whole thing, I was using that structure. So, so you can lose yourself in, in when, when when you're told what to do and you just sort of follow somebody else's rules, you kind of lose yourself in that? Well, I was, that yeah, I was a two-fold person. I was doing what they wanted me to do, and I was also doing what I wanted to do on the inside. And not telling them. I wasn't telling them the truth. Right. I wasn't telling them what I really felt and what I really thought. I was right. just being a yes man. And so... So make the connection for me. Be, make the make the connection to so the people please, so people pleasing is okay. like an addiction. Okay, all right. It, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and when I people please, when I try to make you happier than me, right? And I deny my truth, I'm living in the lie. Right. You're making when, me happy at your own expense. And Rick, when I lie right. at my expense, I have to alter my mood. Right. I have to drink. I have to drug. I have to snort. I have to screw. When I say screw, I mean like use lust or sex or pornography. Yeah, sure. um, all these little loopholes. I mean, right. I, I can't live in reality. And when I can't live in reality, what am I living in? I'm living in something that's not reality. Right. And we're calling that addiction. That's my addiction. Right. That's my addiction. And that's the that's the everything. That's the we, correct. We, 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 you know, we say everything, but we're we're, we're right. kind of like defining it. So you've you've talked about the the religious addiction. You've talked about the sexual stuff a little bit. You've talked about the drugs and alcohol. We've talked about the losing yourself. That's the codependency. Is it right? We call it that. Are we missing anything? Um, we got most no, of them. No, that, that's a lot. We got. What did <laughs> I you talk about the exercise? Yeah, the exercise. Exercise. The, the, the food. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The eating. Did so. What did, you were telling me? What did you say in tre in treatment? You, you you were asked to identify all the things that you were, and what did you have to say? Yeah, well, you know, I used to say that I'm a, a recovering compulsive overeater, uh, undereater, exercise bulimic, uh, codependent, uh, alcoholic. You know, those types. Of oh, things. and money. Didn't uh, we? Didn't we talk? Wasn't the money thing in there somewhere? Yeah. Or? Well, here's what I've learned in my addictions <laughs> is that. <laughs> Money and food are very close. Hmm. Money and food are like twins. So you can mess with a lot of things, but when you mess with my money, it's a very intimate thing. Yeah. When you mess with my food, it's a very right. intimate right. thing. And um, so I would do almost anything to try to protect mm -hmm. those two things. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, um, so maybe maybe we could talk a little bit here about. Yeah, we could talk a little bit about. Okay, how did you how did you get through all this and come out the other side? Because you you identify yourself as a recovering addict, right. as a recovering alcoholic, right? Yeah, I think the yeah I'm a re, uh, I. Yeah, alcoholism kind of covers it for me. Okay. Um, yeah, I call myself a recovering. Uh, alcoholic, and what that means—it's the ick, it's the ism. It wraps um, the whole. It yeah. wraps up the whole package. Because if I describe my my ism, uh, my alcoholism, or my compulsive overeating ism, or however you want to say that, it would be if you put my definition in a test tube, I would right. be filled with fear, right. frustration, disappointment, despair, hopelessness, uh, just being scared, 
and um, it wouldn't matter what uneasy. the external. So I would grasp and grab right. for something. You know, you give me alcohol, you give me food, you give me sex, you give me love. You know, you give me. I mean, I you know I can get addicted to to health. Right. You know, I mean, I can. That's another addiction. When I said I'm an exercise bulimic, I mean, I was in martial arts. I would exercise six to seven hours a day. Yeah. You know, and eating a ton of food to support that. You know, I didn't see I have any family or friends, and what I did have, it was on my own terms, never for, on their terms. Right. Uh, it caused problems. So you got so so. How did this? How did you get into recovery, or what? What so, started the what well, started the deal? Yeah. So I went into to family therapy, right. and then I um, ended up going to Overeaters Anonymous. Believe it or not, being at a normal weight uh, or close, I was right. 10, 15 pounds overweight. Right. I went into Overeaters Anonymous. I learned there that I'm a bulimic and an anorexic right. uh, behaviors, and right. it, it, it goes in shifts. From there, I was asked to go to a Codependence Anonymous meeting um, because I was mad that there weren't a lot of men in recovery. There was a right. lot of women, right. but where's the men, you know? So a guy asked me, he goes, well, have you ever drank alcohol? And I'm like, well, who hasn't? He goes, well, I'm asking you, have you? I'm like, yes. You know, then he goes, well, have you ever been drunk? I'm like... What's with all the questions? You know, <laughs> yeah. he goes, "No, have you ever been drunk?" You know, I'm like, "Well, yes." And he goes, "Have you ever been in a blackout?" I'm like, "Look, man, do I know this person?" You know. <laughs> so anyway, I'm like, "Yes, I've been in a blackout." He yes. goes, "Well, do you have a desire not to to drink alcohol?" Right. And uh, I go, "Yes, I do." And I go, "I haven't drank." And I told him why. Yeah. And uh, he goes, "Well, why don't you try Alcoholics Anonymous?" So I went there. Right. And. Um, and I went for three years, and I stopped going because I judged them, and I didn't, I didn't want to be a part of them. And what I know now is that I really wanted to drink again. Right. So I didn't go for six. And at the ninth year of my sobriety, of abstaining from alcohol, then I, then I went back, hmm. and uh, I learned a lot about my addictions, hmm. and it kind of uh, encompassed it all. So um, right now, I can act, I can say today that I do not need anything. Uh, I can literally walk away from any type of food or exercise program or, you know, I, I have no, I mean, the obsession uh, is completely gone from my mind on all of these things. They, they've been removed. I mean, my higher power, which I call God, mm -hmm. God has removed the obsession from my mind mm -hmm. uh, because what I've learned about addictions, it's twofold. I obsess about it in my mind, and if, I, if I'm aware of that, that's good. If I'm not aware of it, then I will actually use and take the drug of choice, whatever it is, right. and then it will turn into a, a literal physical craving in my body, and that's when I lose control. Right. So if I abstain from what triggers me, uh, there's no chance. And you've been able to abstain from yes. addictions, yes. your addictions, yeah. since, that, since that time, since yeah. you came back. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, that's, really, that's really good. You know what? What I'd like to do if you don't mind, is give you a couple of a couple of minutes to talk a little bit about your because I know you know I know you've gotten into your music and you've kind of changed your life just recently. Can you can you talk a minute or two about about your your music and your create the creative stuff you're doing these days? Yeah, I mean what I'm learning about myself is I want to live from my heart, not my head. 
And uh, because my head is where my ego is, it's where most of my dangerous thinking occurs. <laughs> <laughs> the bad neighborhood between your ears. <laughs> yeah, it's a, not a good place to live sometimes. Right. So anyway, I'm, I'm uh, living from my heart, um, you know, so I'm making some changes in my career. Um, I'm not putting money first. Mm-hmm. I'm putting the, the love. I want to add more love in the world. Which, which like, like you said, that's big. That's, oh, that's huge. That's big. That's huge. I'm, I'm facing my Don't fear. mess with my money, right? Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, so yeah, that's my big thing is I want to live by faith, not by sight. And uh, letting go of my money is a big, big thing. And uh, using it for heart reasons, you know, for love reasons. Right. You know, um, not for gain and not for my image and, you know, protect my pride. And Have you, you know, been playing publicly? So I've been playing publicly. I've been yeah. doing some open mics. Uh, did a, a, a few holiday gigs around the uh, turn of the year here. And I know you did a big concert. At yep. some friends' house. Yep, yep. For your birthday. Yep, we did that. Yeah, mm-hmm. we had about 75 or 80 people there, yeah. and that was a lot of fun. It was. And uh, just did a fundraiser this past Sunday with 20 other musicians and uh, in the area here, and uh, that was a that was a blast. And uh, so I've got some big plans uh, that I I'd like to do some some uh, touring in some retreat centers and. Um, various churches or or uh, private homes and in corporate parties over the next uh, few months. I hope you get gonna, to do that. And then yeah. you're going to do you're going to do a song for us tonight, um, I guess. Now, can you t- just give me a little? What, what do you tell me a little bit about the song before you do it? Yeah, this song is actually called Booze Was, and uh, <laughs> and that's booze, B O O Z E. Okay. And uh, I wrote this back in uh, 07. Okay. And uh, you know it actually kind of recaptures. It. It's it's not just about alcohol. It's about when I had, uh, um, you know, just reflecting on my addictive nature and uh, you know just how I'm wired up. And um, you know my mind needed it, and I just craved it in everything I did on the conscious and subconscious level. So. Uh, anyway, God intervened, yeah. and uh, in in a lot of different ways, uh, through a lot of different people, and uh, and I've recovered. And does your does your music uh, does does your music fit with your recovery? Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. My music has kind of grown with me. I've written uh, you know a couple dozen songs, and uh, I'm going to be recording a CD this year, and uh, so yeah, I want to be able to. T- you have a title in mind yet? Um. Maybe stairwell dweller. I don't know. <laughs> stairwell dweller. Yeah, because when I when I uh, when I stay in hotels, I uh, um, you know I play in the stairwells. So I'm gonna close out here. It's a song called "Booth Was Here." Let us have it. Thank you, Russ. I was seeking happiness before that first drink, and then I knew I had found my link. It hit the spot all through those years. But then one day my search turned to tears. Booze was everything that my mind needed then. Booze was the key to lock my happiness in. But then one day that key wouldn't fit. God intervened, and my soul got lit. Well, I went from job to job, drinking and drugging all the time. 
I met some pretty women Sex was always on my mind Money was forever My destiny was real I became obsessed Religion was my bitch Oh, booze was everything That my mind needed then Booze was the key That locked my happiness in But then one day that key It wouldn't fit God intervened And my soul got lit Now you can call me a food addict Or a codependent You can call me an alanonic Or adult child of an alcoholic I can be a compulsive dad or anorexic Bulimic too Oh, but don't take away my thoughts Away from the booze Oh, booze was everything That my mind needed then Booze was the key To lock my happiness in But then one day That key It wouldn't fit God in his and my soul got lit. Oh, God intervened, and my soul got lit. Oh, God intervened, and my soul got lit. Thank you. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Um, I hope you enjoyed the show, and uh, we'll be uh, we'll be broadcasting it again the same time next week. Thanks, Rick. Boom, boom, <laughs> boom, chugga lug, boom, chugga Yeah, we, we just pulled that sucker right out of our butt. There you go, that's it. This is my new episode. Dicted everything. We got no callers. Did anybody call? No, no callers. No, no callers. No. Yeah, that's right. They can listen. They can still listen now. They can still send us yeah. a link. There you go. Yeah. There you have it. Okay. Wow. No, that worked out really well. Time, timing couldn't have been any freaking better. Oh, I don't believe it. Yeah, well. Oh, gosh. Jana, Mendro, and, and, and Jocelyn Casey like this. I don't know if they listen to me, but they <laughs> I don't know like you. your... Yeah. Okay. Jana, you know, you know Jana. I do? <clears throat> yeah, she wasn't always Jana Mendro. Jana uh, as in Jana? The one? Nobody calls. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm still recording this on the other thing here. Okay, I guess I can.